What is up, everybody? It is the Make It Happen podcast with myself, Nolan Olm. Today, we have Officer Randy Moore. Officer Moore is an incredible, incredible human. His story is super, super inspiring, cool, incredible. I just, I can't say enough how much I respect and appreciate um, the fact that I get to um, learn from the, from this man and um, blessed to be able to ha- have him as, as a mentor and um, a guide for, for myself. I, uh, I love this interview. He spoke to us um, this past August during our camp and I hit him up, went out to his office in Spokane and we made it happen. He used to be the uh, Eastern Washington, uh, head, of, head of Eastern Washington Police here in Cheney. And now he is the uh, the head of safety for all the public schools in Spokane. So he's he's got a lot going on. He's got a book coming out, ninety eight dollars. And when I get any details on that, I will I will for sure be sharing it out. Check it out. I know that you're gonna want to read it after listening to this podcast. It's just such a good one. His story, like I said, is really awesome. He also has a barbecue Scott barbecue sauce company coming out in May. So that'll be awesome too. I will share it out. Um, this is going to be the first of two parts because we were just going back and forth and he, he delivers and I, I think it's, it, it's awesome. I'm excited. So the next one will be next Tuesday. Um, the second part to this, but, uh, this first one is mostly just going to be about his story and I'm excited for you guys to listen. Please rate review. Let me know what you guys think. Um, give me feedback, slide to those DMS, text me, whatever. Um, but please keep listening. I really appreciate you guys' support. I think this stuff is just so awesome and I, and I hope that you really enjoy the content I'm putting out there. I'm trying to make it as quality and, and as great as possible, trying to get you incredible guests like Officer Moore on every week or giving my soul episodes. So thank you guys so much. And with that being said, here is Officer Moore. So yeah, let's just start okay. off. Yeah, yeah. Let's start off. Just talk talk about your grandpa and kind of because, like you said in your in the other podcast, like that's where it really all yeah. starts, right? So yeah. just talk a little bit about that. Um, I'm not quite sure uh, where I started out before, but um, um, so it was during um, like 1940s, kind of like the Depression um, era when, I mean, 1940s. My, my granddaddy has stated that, um, you know, it wasn't a lot of food um, in North Carolina where he was. And um, I don't know, I forgot how many kids they had. I think 10 or something like that. Um, but he wanted to try to find work. And so, um, and he was 16 or 18, um, one or two. Um, but he, he decided, he was like, I gotta go find work. I'll go get work, and I'll send I'll send um, money back, right? Um, and so I couldn't read, couldn't write. You know, man, I don't even know if he made it to the second grade. I mean, he couldn't read or write, but he was so good with money. And so, so he hopped a train, and it's like, it, it, you know, and I don't know if I shared this, but it's like, how did how did he <laughs> how did he know where to go? You know, and that's and that's where faith comes in. And so, uh, he he traveled and he hopped a train from train to train to train, probably like a hobo and anybody else that was, you know, going places. And he finally landed in Ohio, Youngstown, Ohio. It's like that's that's interesting. And so, um, yeah, he 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 got work and um, 
you know, he started saving money and sending money back. And then he um, also, he had a friend named Dallas. And this, and this is, this he had a, you can do whatever you want, you know, because I'm going to be probably going back. Yeah, and forth absolutely. And yeah, yeah. But he had a friend named Dallas. And so Dallas uh, was his best friend. And so, but Dallas' wife was Elizabeth uh, McQueen. And she had a son named Wesley. And so Dallas, you know, she she got pregnant, and so um, so my grandfather, when he was sending money back home, he went and got a ticket and went back to South Carolina, and asked Elizabeth, "Would you come with me and marry me, and I'm gonna take you? We're gonna go to Ohio, which was my grandmother, mm-hmm. and so um, so he." So he, she came with him because Dallas abandoned her okay. and my uncle and left. And so she was only 16 at that time. So my granddaddy is 18 at that time. So when she was first, da- so they were knowing each other. So when she was first dating Dallas, so they, she must have been like 14 or something like that. Oh, you know, because wow. you can be young, yeah. you know, in the South and all this stuff. And there's still segregation and things like that. Um, so he went in, he went and got her and, and, um, they traveled to Youngstown. And so he started working in the steel mills and, and, and so, and, and just having that faith, like, I mean, having that faith to get on a, to, to not even be able to read or write, but having faith that I don't care where I go, it's gotta be better than this. And I've got to do something to get help, to send money back to help my family. And so when he brought my grandmother here, he tried to locate his family again. They were gone. And he was like, what the heck? His family just disappeared. They just disappeared out of North Carolina. Didn't even know where they went. And so he was just lost and he was just like, okay, I'm just gonna go back to Ohio and just live my life. So he's um, he's working and all this stuff. And and my his last name is Moore. And so my grandmother and got married. And so one day, some people are saying, hey, are you akin to the Moors up there? And he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, I'm the only Moor here. I don't have any family here. And so he said, yeah, there's some Moors that live up there. On, um, they got a, a homestead up there. And so he's like, nah, I, I, I don't know him. And so he's like, yeah, you ought to go meet him. So he goes up there, and this is like... <laughs> Um, a few years later, he goes up and um, <laughs> it's his family. They've been living in the same town for a couple of years. And he didn't even know that his family had moved to Youngstown, Ohio, too. All of his, all of his sisters, his mother, everybody. And so, which is, which is it, it, it just blows my mind how God can take faith of a man that can't read or write, go to a place... He's doing all these right things, but then he gets to a place he's trying to find his family. He goes back and they're gone. But then several years later, he runs into them in the same town. And so now everybody's together. So um, we were the first family, uh, black family, to have a homestead on this place on the street called Hillman Street, where it was all white folks. And so I still remember to this day, man, my grandma Minnie, uh, his mother, and and my 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 granddaddy, I mean my great grandfather, his father, um, which was Ralph. So they changed their name. So his his name was Erastus P. 
Pistol Moore. And I looked up all their stuff on on um, um, Ancestry.com and all this stuff. So uh, his name, their name, so it was Erastus Pistol Moore uh, Sr. and Erastus Pistol Moore Jr. And so when they moved to the north, or to the east, east, north, east, west, or midwest, um, they wanted to sound, they didn't, Erastus, they did, you know, it's southern. So they, they were like, man. So they, what they did, um, he changed his name to Ralph. So they both changed their name to Ralph so that it would be more acceptable um, in the, where they were going mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And so they both changed it after they got together and, and met and all that stuff and connected and hooked, hooked back up. And so, um, but yeah, so, 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 so my Aunt Lily Bell was, was on one. So everybody stayed in this one this house, and it was just a like three stories or something, a little tiny house. It was it was broke down because we had all the families in there. But every as a, as a little boy, I can still remember. Um, I was like maybe I don't know six or so, and I can see all of our family there. We had like uh, there was a, a pear tree. Um, there were some uh, cherries back there. Um, across the street, Aunt Lily Bell and Uncle Jay had a, a house, and it had um, uh, they had uh, plums. They had plums, and then my aunt Nell was like a couple of blocks down the way, and and she she was I don't know I forgot I don't know if she had like blackberries or something, and then Aunt Ann moved up the hill. I'm just saying like like it was just I think it's just an incredible story for him to step out on faith. And, and 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 now like looking at my life and so fast forwarding uh to I'm a young kid um I'm growing up in Youngstown Ohio it's a tough place you know uh, my mother uh she tried you know she did the best that she could with us we ha- we all have the same father um but when my my brother my youngest brother was uh, born my father left and so I don't never, I, I have no recollection of him being in my life as a young kid. Mm. And so he was in the same town. And so uh, his, my grandmother, his mom ran the numbers for the mob. So, you know, people ran numbers. You could play numbers. Like you, you didn't have to play the lotto. You could play numbers with the local bookies and stuff like that. And so my grandmother, his, his mother ran the numbers uh, for the mob. And, she, and he was a runner for her. Mm. And so I didn't know this. So until we, you know, my mother told us a long time ago, but it was just like, like we're living, you know, like month to month. My mom, she's trying to work. She doesn't want welfare and we're living in the hood, um, you know, oftentimes sleeping in the same bed to stay warm because we're so poor. Uh, my mother would cook, um, like I, <laughs> she would cook, um, it's called a, a jiffy. It was a jiffy Jeffrey bread and and so my grandmother she always made jelly and so she and jam she would oh she just preserves just always doing all that stuff and and so um, yeah she would um, she would cook she would cook a bread man cut that thing up in four pieces we put jelly on it and have a glass of water stomach full that bread swell up in your stomach we, we were good man we go to bed and so um, so th- those are some those are some um, some tough times, man. Some really, really tough times to go through. And then not only that, to, you know, to to compound things, it's like 
you still you still you still in the hood. Hmm. You still got to deal with everything. You got to still deal with people breaking in your house or trying to break in your house. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm the oldest. I'm the oldest boy, and so my you know my mother would try to work two jobs. I remember um, her wage was like two dollars and eighty five cents. I remember she years ago she told me that, and I was like, and now to look at that now, it's like that's crazy. You know, how was it? No wonder she we were getting our electric and our or our gas cut off every other month. She was trying to figure out which one she's going to play. She kept a roof over our head, but it was like, either it's going to be electric or it's going to be the gas, you know, which one did we do? Because in the winter times, you know, those got high. And so it was, it was, it was, it was, it was something else, but, um, but God always sustained us and he always uh, took care of us. And so, um, but my journey, and I don't know if you want me to continue on or, or yeah, you can keep going. Yeah, okay. for sure. So, and I'm, and it's, it's much broader than that, but I'm just kind of hitting some things as God has given it to me. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, you know, coming up and, you know, for, for me, I was the oldest of three boys Mm -hmm. in in my home. And so, um, it was like my, my, my middle son, my middle brother, he was always getting us into trouble, man. Like, like. With, the, with with people in the hood, it's like we had a basketball, and it, we had a basketball, and it was given to us. So this basketball was so used, and it was it was our favorite basketball that a couple of spots on the basketball was like the leather was pulled off, so it was just the rubber. Like if you can ever, if you can picture that, it was just the rubber, <laughs> yeah. and everything else was just so slick. You know, I mean, just it was like this ball. I don't know. It's probably been passed down for generations and generations, but this was, was our ball. So my brother, you know, they're going up to play. Uh, Red's going up. He's smart, too. He's smart now. He's, like, super, super bright kid. Uh, but he would go up to the park, and he's playing. And then he comes down. He's like, he's like, man, and my nickname is man, they took my ball. I'm like, who took your ball? He's like, they took my ball up there at the park. So I'm like, now I'm marching up to go get my little brother's ball, and I'm only, like, 12 or whatever. And I get up there. I'm like, man, who's got my brother's ball, man? And he's like, I do. I was like, hey, give me my brother's ball. He's like, man, your brother be talking, you know, S-H-I-T. He's always talking. He's always running off his mouth. I'm like, man, you ain't tell me you was talking crap. And he was like, yeah, man, he's always running his mouth. Somebody going to knock him out. I was like, first of all, you ain't going to knock out my brother. It's as simple as that. And so, uh, and he was like, here, he just threw the ball. And I was like, hey, let's go. You going home, and so I'm walking down down the street, down the hill. I'm like, man, you need to shut your dog on mouth. And so I'm talking, having you know this conversation with my brother. And so um, we've always been super, super tight. And so, but with that being said, you know, when I went on that on that when I walked on the on that court, on that playground, it's a basketball court, and this is a course where where the the um the nets aren't nets, they're chains. Mm-hmm. You know. I'm yeah. sure you're aware of that. Yeah. You know, they they last longer right in the hood. You put a chain up and people can shoot ball, um, and it lasts longer. And so, um there's a whole bunch of people there and everybody always had their groups, you know, their groups and who they who they hung out with. And so when I got to um junior high school, um we started a group called like it was it was a rap group so we were like 13 or something like that so we started a group called the force crew and um and and we were just rappers man we just wanted to rap and do all the stuff and be cool so the rap group was force crew 
and then they and then we had all these other like little groups of gangs like Just Five and all these other guys and every, we all wore our shirts and everybody wore their own shirts and it identified who they were so everybody knew who everybody was all these cliques in the, in the school mm-hmm. and so so then we started having a force crew on the, on the uh, north side we started having a force crew on the, on the, on the east side where south side don't go to the east side but we all you know but we always had we, we started getting all these little um groups and then i don't know how it happened but the group started fighting like you know fist fighting you know getting mad over certain things and not our group but like us with other people mm-hmm. and all of a sudden man um it just morphed into gangs man you know like like you know, we protecting our side. You know, of course, of course, there's gangs, right? You know, Crips, Bloods, yada, yada, yada. And so that's how it switched from Force Crew to Banging the Slang. Wow. And it was the weirdest thing because there was only one uh, crew on the south side that really ran things, and that was the dogs. And so it was these people called the dogs. And um, so when we switched... Um, and I'm just talking. Um, when we switched, um, one day I was walking in the lunchroom and I was going to get a free stinking um, donut that they give you, you know, because you're you know, low income, you get free lunch, free breakfast. And I bumped into one of the nephews of the dogs and he wouldn't let it go. I just bumped into him. He wouldn't let it go, man. He was just like, Nah, man. I was like, man, I'm sorry, man. I apologize. Cause I know, I know who he was connected to. It's like, nah, I'm not gonna even push this. You know, they, yeah. they're way big, man. I mean, they're huge. Yeah, they're huge, man. And um, and they walk the streets. <laughs> they command the streets like a ton of them. And so, in Hillman, it was the main street. And so, um, and so, anywho, uh, I bumped into him, and he wouldn't let it go, man. He was always he's like, yeah, hey, we gonna get you. We gonna get you. So now, like. I'm on the run. I don't want to have anything to do with those cats, you know, because they're much bigger than us. And I don't want to even get my other homies in it because it's just going to be bad. It's going to be bad. We don't know how that's going to turn out. We don't, mm-hmm. we don't know how, we don't know if we're going to get shot. We don't know. We don't know how it's going to turn out. So one day I had, um, I had a detention. And so I asked Big Ken, who's dead and gone now, I said, Hey Ken, I was like, Hey man, why don't you, why don't you stay behind with me, man? I got I got detention. He was like, all right. Because we, Princeton was up the hill, but I lived down the hill. And so going, when you go down the hill, and I don't know if you heard in podcast, you got to walk, you got to walk down the hill. You got to walk past Hillman and Warren. Yeah. And so I never had that pass until after this event, I'm going to tell you. And I didn't get into it on that podcast that they, they we never did touch on that. And I didn't get that pass until all this stuff went down. So, Ken, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a hike, man. It's a hike because we're up the hill. You got to get to Warren, and you got to. I mean, it's a long ways down. Yeah. And so, um, so Ken is walking with me, and man, we get down to what what, what street do we? Man, we, I didn't get far, like maybe six blocks. And I'm like, man, how do these cats find me? And so we're walking, and all of a sudden, he was like, "Hey, man, Rand, don't look back." But the dogs, they they they're a little ways. And I, and I just looked back anyway. And I'm like, and then I kept looking back. Man, these jokers was like, 
like they were they were catching up and i'm just like oh shoot so my dumb butt i'm thinking that i can cut down i should have kept going straight and i can cut down the street and i'm like man i cut down i don't know if i, I don't know if it was warren or Glenhaven. one of the streets i touched I, I turned down and they turned down and then a couple of the young up young ones they ran up and got in front of us cut us off and i'm just like it was like, hey man, you've been messing with my nephew, yada yada yada, all this. I'm like, nah, man, I just bumped into him. I ain't trying to fight. He's like, well, he wanna fight you. So y'all gonna get it on right now. And so so he came up, he was much taller than me too. And so I was just like, all right, man, whatever. So there ain't nothing I can do. It's it's gonna happen. And so he was like trying to be all smooth with it. He was doing his hands like this and all this <laughs> other stuff. And I'm sitting here like like this. Yeah. Um, and then, and so his long hand, so I'm like this, but his long arm is right here, right? Yeah. So, you know, and he's getting a little bit close. And so I'm just like, I grabbed his hand and I don't know what possessed me to do it. Pulled him in and, and hit him. And as he's falling, it felt like, like, like somebody just pushed me like real lightly. So of course I know what had happened. Somebody they stole me. They stole on me, and and after that, they ran the kick game on me for, forever. Spit on me. Um, it was the worst beating I ever took in my life, and I, and I think I still have some residual effects from that that you know that traumatic brain trauma hmm. that night. And so um, so yeah. So I mean they beat. I mean they beat me unmercifully, and so. Um, I wasn't happy. I went home. I was hurting, man. I was messed up. And so my grandmother, I knew she had a 22 in the drawer. And so um, I, w I went and got my grandmother's 22 in the morning before school. And because um, we live right down the street, like two houses down in this raggedy house. And uh, I put it in my bag. So I took it to school. And so I always had this, this study hall with his nephew. And so I get in study hall. And so my homeboy, Pete, um, he, he's sitting up in the front. And so I put the, put the gun like in my book mm. and it was sitting up like this. And so I passed it to Pete and like to give it to him. But the other dude was right. Like he was like, maybe so, um, Pete was like right there. So you know, my role is right here, this is right here, but Pete is kind of, he's right there, but the but the other dude, Lenny, was, I mean, he could see what I'm doing. Yeah. So when he saw what was in the book, he said, hey, I got to go to the office. And so he checked out of school. And so, make a long story short, every time something came down, I mean, I mean a lot of things happened short, in a short period of time. I was so mad that of what they did to me that I took it out on everybody that that even um confronted me and so I went on a rampage man for like a couple of weeks just hey, if somebody if anybody said anything to me if it even sound um like if they if they if they had a problem with me if it sound disrespectful I just took it to them and it was as simple as that and we and me and my homeboys and then then it was like then we started I mean in a short period of time then we started getting in big fights and we were just we were just handling our business so 
I'm at this I'm at this arcade because I'm waiting for this other cat to come out because I want to handle him too. And lo and behold, um, I don't know what I maybe it was Braden. The dogs come around the corner. And I'm standing there because I'm like right now, it's like I'm good. I'm like, man, we if y'all want to get it on, let's 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 handle it. Let's make it happen. Cause I got people with me now. And based upon what they did, I really want to, I really want to get down, but I I go back. I'm glad I didn't shoot that cat that day because I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you right now. Yeah. So, but, um, so they came up and they didn't even want to scrap, but what they did do, it's just the craziest thing, man. And this gave me my pass to do whatever. Uh, they came up and, uh, they was like, Hey, they was like, what up little niggas? You know how people are talking and doing. And, uh, they said, hey, y'all see him right there? Y'all see K. Rand right there? So he had, obviously he knew my name, my street name now. And so it was like, that little nigga right there, he's harder than all y'all. Ain't nobody harder than him. And then they came up, gave me that, and was like, hey, let's kick it sometime. And I'm like, what? So what has happened, first of all, I'm sure they heard about, of course, they beat me down. They saw, you know, I took that beat down. Then I'm sure they heard about the gun. Then I'm sure they heard about everything else I was doing, right? And and, and how I was mm. in the streets. And so I think they were, in, in, in their own way, they were kind of like um, trying to build an alliance because I was just a natural born leader. Wow. I was just a natural born leader. It was just the weirdest thing. Like, I didn't talk a lot. Um, I talk a lot now if I'm talking on things and I, sometimes you can't get me to shut up. Um, but I didn't talk a lot. And so that's why they called me K Rand, Cool Rand. Um, and so, um, with a K. And so, um, but after that, I was able to go, man. I, I kicked it with those cats, man. Like, it, it was it was just the craziest thing. I became super, super popular. And so, um, and then started selling dope. Um, and, um, I remember my first introduction to cocaine was in powder. So my first, um, in- introduction to that was like in powder form. So it was like, man, I-, I wasted a lot of it, man. I was getting, I was getting fronted. Like, so I had this, man, my story is crazy. So it's, I know it's not in chronological order, but there's just so much that has transpired. And so, um, yeah, so there was this guy that was like Rob Bell, and he's dead and gone, and and he 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 treated me like his nephew, and so so he was slanging too, and he he had came up big, and they were slanging keys like, and they, they were riding around in Jaguars, mink coats, and and all the stuff when it had phones like the phone was like some big old freaking brick, you know what I'm saying? They're on phones, and I mean doing all types of stuff. So so Rob he. <clears throat> Taught me how to. He taught me how to ride a mini bike. All this other stuff. Like, that's why I like motorcycles, but I don't have any now because they're dangerous. So they're in the mug. And so, um, but yeah, he gave me powder, and he was like, you know, tell me make some money because you know I was out there. I was like wanting to make money, man. I, we we poor, you know. I want to make yeah. money. And so, but then I messed it up because I put it in my pocket, and it, it was powder, and it was get wet and moist and all this stuff. So I, I failed miserably. Uh, with that, you know, at times and stuff. And so, uh, but then um, they started rocking it up and crack came on the scene. So that that was different. And then, so um, those guys, those OGs, man, um, man, they, they taught me a lot. 
they taught me a lot about business. Uh, they taught me a lot about uh, vision. Um, um, they had like, you know, like pimps. Um, pimps had a way of convincing a woman to do anything. Like, I mean, like sell her body, right? Give all the money to him. Yeah. And take whatever, like, he he said or whatever he did discipline to support his vision and so you know they, they taught me how to to you know cast vision uh establish a mission statement right and goals and all that stuff man from a from and, and then so now i'm a business major and i'm like this is crazy how I was taught all of this in the streets. Yeah. You know, all the, all, so, so what I was taught can go from the streets to corporate world. And, 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 and all of that, everything that I've taught, that I was taught in the streets, I use it today, but I just use it in a positive way. And it's the best teaching that I've ever had. I couldn't have learned that. I couldn't, I couldn't function in this capacity in which I am right now without having that teaching because books won't, books won't do it. You need to experience you need to look people in the face. You need to look them in their eye. You need to know how people are acting and responding. And so I learned that too in the streets. Um, and so then, of course, learning how to, um, you know, maximize the return on my investments. You know, uh, being able to invest in myself or invest in a product and then get a good return. Those are things that I learned, man. I learned a lot. And then how to manage money. Um, because a lot of people don't know how to manage money. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... How, how do you, how do you take, how do you have, how do you make money? How do you get, get a paycheck, but then put money aside and then still continue to do that over and over again, but you're still putting the money aside and you're building up money. You're building up a reserve. Well, um, uh, what's that cat name? Um, he teaches the 80, 20 rule. Um, man, he's big. He's, you can, you can look him up. He teaches the 80, 20 rule, man. You live off 80%, give 10% to God and pay yourself 10%. That's how you do. That's how you do it. Mm-hmm. You got to pay yourself. You got to pay yourself. And so I learned all that stuff like in the streets, and now they sell that stuff, man, for like thousands of dollars. You yeah. know, a program. It's, it's crazy, man. It's just thinking crazy. So, um, so um, but I'll say this, and, and when I, I'm, I'm getting on a bunny trail here, and I'm gonna get off of this. I'm a sidebar real quick. Shaquille O'Neal. I love what he said. Shaquille O'Neal said, "You." Um, Put that 50 back into the business, 50%. If you got your, when you get a business mm-hmm. and you're making a profit, take 50% of it, put it back in the business, take 25%, save it, and then the other 25%, you spend it. You just do whatever you want to do with it. And I was like, man, that's pretty smart. You know, when you're getting, when you're getting profit, when you, yeah. if, you, if you, if you have a big profit, you're like, this is what I got. This is what I have in my hand. Okay. Take 50 of it, put it back in the business. 25, you save and 25. The other 25, spend it. Do whatever the heck you want to do with it. Um, so, but I'll, I'll, I'll get back to where I'm at. And so, um, but yeah, so those cats taught me how to um, to do that. And so, but the, the one thing about it, um, and I don't know if I told you all that, um, when I was uh, 18, um, I drove, I, I was doing pretty good. I was out there in the streets. I was um, slanging, banging. Had five girlfriends. I'm running like running and gunning, man. I would get home at nighttime, like two o'clock in the morning. But yet, still, I would get up and go to school. I wasn't I wasn't doing good grades. I wasn't doing anything good. But I would get up and go to school because of social time. 
you know, the social time, you know, you could get around, you know, around the girls and do all these other stuff. So that's all I used it for. Yeah. Um, and I would get high and, and, um, um, in woodshop class, uh, foul Johnny, he would let us, uh, smoke weed and stuff. <laughs> he, well, he, he didn't like us doing it, but he would let us smoke cigarettes, but we would kind of interchange and put that, you know, and then we're, we're right there. We're at the window. He's letting us smoke. And so we're blowing that out there too. And he'll come in. He's like, he'll be like, God, Doggy, y'all smoking that reefer? And you know, because they called it reefer back in the yeah. days. And we were like, nah, foul man, we ain't smoking cigarettes, man. He's like, oh, y'all smoking, get in here. And so he would let us smoke. But if we got on that tip, he would um, not like that. So, um, yeah, so I just, um, so during those times, you know, I um, I bought a brand new uh, Suzuki Samurai. Um, it had three miles on it, on the, on the uh, odometer. Uh, still had plastic on the seats. I didn't even know how to drive a stick shift, but I said, that's the car I want. And I drove it right off the thing. My uncle was like, my uncle was there. Um, and he was like, cause he knew how to drive stick. And he was like, yeah, you do this and do that. And, and I was like doing all this stuff, yeah, coming yeah. off the thing. Cause I, you know, I'm like, man, I'm gonna do this. You know, I'm big time. Man, after he took me out, I, I, I learned within like, I don't know, an hour. And I was off and I was gone learning how to drive stick. He was just like, yeah, you know, be coordinated with your feet and you can get it done. And I was gone. And, um, so I thought I was big time. I thought I had, you know, better card than the principals and the teachers. And, you know, I was doing good things. I'm, you know, my mother's asking for money. I'm able to give her money. My brothers, you know, they're, they're, um, you know, taking care of them a little bit too. And, um, um, and then my, my, my youngest, my middle brother, he got into it as well. And so he started slanging on his own a little bit. And so, um, he would use my Jeep and I think that's how he got on because I didn't know exactly how he got plugged in, but he would use my Jeep and I'd be on the corner doing my thing. And they're like, Hey man, we see your brother, man. He's flying around in your Jeep. I was like, nah, he's not doing that. So I took my brother. I'm like, Hey man, cause I'll always give him my Jeep every day. He like, can I get the Jeep? I'm like, yeah, man, go ahead. Cause I'm working. Yeah. You know, I'm working. I can't drive it. Um, and so I was like, just bring it back. Cause when I'm done, I'm trying to go hit the, hit these skins. So you need to let, you know, Bring my bring my ride back. So they were like, "Man, your brother, he's he's flying up and down the down the road. I, we see him all the time. Him and flying." I'm like, no, he's not, man. I said, "That's my brother." I said, "No, he's not." So I asked my brother, "My Reg, man, you you know you you driving my my car all fast and up and down the road. Everybody said it. You just flying around, passing cars and all." I said, "No," he said, "No, I ran. I'm not doing that." So one day, um, I, I'm, I don't know. Maybe I was at the house. I don't know where I was where I got the call. And I was they somebody beeped me nine one one. Yeah, because we had beepers back then. They beat me nine one one. I'm like nine one one. So I called back, and uh, actually it was beeping nine one one is my mama's number. That's who it was. And so I called her, and she was like, "Reg is in the hospital." I'm like, what is he in the hospital for? He was like, she was like, he wrecked your jeep. I'm like, he what? And so and I was going off, going off. She was like, you mean to tell me you so concerned about your jeep? You're not concerned about your brother, man. It, it broke my. I, I was just messed up because that was part of my image, you know. Mm. And so, um, so I went. I went to the to the scene, and um, they they had already towed the vehicle, and the uh, the bra to my vehicle was on the uh, on the telephone power wire, like all the way up there. So they said the they said it flipped a couple of times, and so I went to go see him, all he had was a broken wrist. And then I went to go see my 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 ride, my my uh, my truck, my Suzuki Samurai, and I was just like, cause I'm thinking, oh man, I can get it fixed. And shoot, man, 
man. That thing was like smashed like a can. I, it was bad, man. It was just bad. It just broke my heart. But I say all that to say is that easy come, easy go. You know, easy come, easy go. You can't just think that you're going to do, do bad or you're going to do wrong and think that it's all going to work out for you. But I can tell you that uh, throughout my life, I've done some stupid stuff, but I've always like, there's always been grace. And so God is always, um, the, the Bible says that he has pity on, he said, he, he, he has pity on the fools. And so, um, and, um, you know, he does. When we think we're, we're doing things and we're doing it the right way, um, yeah, God has a different plan. He has a different way for things to um, turn out. But he will protect us if we have a good heart. And I've always had a good heart. I never tried to hurt nobody um, unless they tried to hurt me. Um, so, so, yeah, so um, um, that happened. And then um, through the course uh, process of elimination, um, I wasn't as mobile as I used to be and so I was hanging out with my homeboys and we were riding everywhere and you know so I was limited on what I could do because I didn't have the transportation and um and so I um I would slang on I was slang and I would go home and then I started getting hooked on my own product and so what I would do I would um I would take my joints and I would lace it and I start this one dude he exposed me to it, and I was like, oh, man, it's a real good high. I got high as hell. And I was like, oh, yeah, I like this. So then I, I started doing it every night. And then I found out that I wanted to do that more than go out and slang dope. And so I got hooked on my own product. And um, and that was, like, one of the things, that was one of the worst things that could have ever happen to me because now I'm no longer that cat with the jewelry and stuff, you know, um, I'm selling it, you know, on a DL to get high. And so, um, so I became my best customer. Um, and then, you know, being, going from, you know, cool ran, you know, to, you know, man, 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 ran ain't slanging no more, man. He's smoking dope. That's a, that's a cold one, man. I mean, of course, nobody ever tried me. I mean, I still had uh, my reputation, um, but it was just tainted, and so, um, and and so it's they my homeboys, two of them started spreading it around, and so it just got around, and it was true, it was true, and and it, I just started liking that that dope man cocaine, and so, um, when I was I was I was twenty, and I was still. I still had homeboys and everything. I was still connected, but I was, but I had this addiction. Yeah. I had this addiction. And so, um, one day I was like, man, what the hell am I going to do with myself? You know, what am I going to do with my life? I'm like, man, I just felt inside that, like I was destined to be great because me and my brothers, we we would lay in the bed at night. We'd be like, and, and we would sleep in the same room. We're like, you know what? When we get older, we're going to buy mom a car. We're gonna get our Lincoln Town car. We're gonna do all this. We were we were talking all these things. And so those dreams and passions to to the things that I saw in my mind, they were still there. Mm. And how am I going to accomplish that? How is that even going to come to fruition? I'm, you know, I don't have any money. I'm smoking dope, you know. And I met this girl. And now I got a baby, and I'm still doing dope. But I wasn't doing it like, 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 like a crackhead that's out there, you know. Yeah. I was doing it. Um, I was a binger, so 
I, I could go like, I could go a month or two without. And then, now I'm on it for like two days, you know. Um, and, and so, um, so my homeboy, Mike Bush, uh, I'm staying with my mom, and when my homeboys came home from prison, and so my mother said, hey man, somebody's down here to see you, and I, um, I came downstairs and like, Mom, ain't nobody here. And I looked on the front porch, there's nobody here. And so my, so the door, he was behind the door, so it pushed forward. Mm -hmm. I said, like, hey, what's up, man? He, and so we go out on the porch. He's like, yeah, man, I just got out, yada, yada, yada. So we was chopping it up. And I was telling him about, you know, how my life has changed. I got my daughter now and all these other things. And so, so when, you know, he went down, he didn't, he went down before I went down, if that made any sense. So he remembered me when. Mm -hmm. You know, so so he didn't know there's a lot of things that had transpired while he was gone, and so um, and he was like, "Well, man, you know, we chopped it up." He's like, "Hey, you going to that party on the east side?" I'm like, "Nah, man, I'm gonna kick it here with my daughter, man." And he was like, "Oh, he was like, I'm gonna holler at you tomorrow." Then I'm like, "Cool," you know. I gave him a big old hug and he left. Yeah. Um, well, that night he got killed, and so um, that was just like weird because um, I had previously just robbed a cat too and and he was pissed off yeah he was real pissed off um and a couple of and uh, maybe a month prior to that um i set up a, a buy and got what was it four ounces took four ounces off a cat and you don't just take four ounces off a cat especially this cat was connected so and then he because he, he pulled up in a corvette and we met um at the at the school um, I had a knife. I got him for it. But my cousin, my little cousin Bobby, was walking with me, and I'm going. I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. What's all the story? Because it's all in the same place. And he was walking with me to get to the school, and then that cat remembered. Hey, I saw him with somebody else. So I get to the house. I got the four ounces. I'm going up there. I'm like, yeah. So now I'm gonna cut all this stuff up, and this is all in the time with well, you know. Uh, right before Mike coming home and I'm having this conversation with Mike on the porch. Um, these are just things that I haven't said nowhere yet. Um, this stuff is only in the book. These, this thing, this, this stuff, story, what I'm telling you right now that yeah, people don't know. Yeah. And so, so I got, so I got the four ounces. I snatch them from him. I take off running. He can't find me. He's got the Corvette. He's trying to, he's trying to chase me around in the hood. It's my hood. He doesn't know it. He don't even know who, he doesn't even know who I am. Mm -hmm. So, um, but, I, but my cousin, uh, I don't know if I, I don't know if I dap my cousin up. I was like, "Hey man, get out of here!" And, and, and the dude saw that, or whatever the case may be. But he he knew that we were kind of connected somehow. So, and he probably knew that this guy would, whoever this person is that was that was right there walking with him, would know how to find him, right? So, so I get to the house, man. I told my brother, I was like, yeah, man, boom, boom, boom. I'm like, check this out. I was like, hey, man, I'm back on. I'm back on. And so my my, my brother was like, he was like, yeah, you can't, he was like, you can't F with the Moore family. Da, 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 da. That's my brother. My little brother was saying. And so I was, I was telling him, hey, this is what I'm going to do. And then all of a sudden, um, they were like, boom, boom, boom on the door. And my brother goes down. He was like, he was like, Randy, you better come down here. And so these cats, him and his boy, roll up in my crib with my cousin like this at a gunpoint. And my cousin, because I, I looked down, my cousin is bleeding. Man, I was just like, I, 
I took everything I had that I took from them and I threw it down down the stairs, jumped out of the jumped out of the window and ran over to my uh my aunt my aunt Ann's house it was like right on the next street, ran over there. So they got that and they made my brother and everybody lay down. It was just my brother and my, I think my other little brother had came in, made him lay down on the ground. They took Bobby, my little cousin Bobby. Mm. They took him with them, and um, they took him. They just took him. We we didn't we didn't know where he, where he was at where he where he was. And so I called I called Bobby's dad, Speedy, my cousin, and um, my oldest cousin, and said, "Hey, this is what went down." Speedy comes up, everybody's pissed, everybody's mad. The police, now the police then came up because the police, um, I didn't know they were watching my house. I had no idea, no idea, based upon everything that I've done and everything that I have been doing in the past and all that, I had no idea. And so um, so they came up and um, all of a sudden, while we all there, Bobby comes walking up the street. He's got blood like on the side of his head um, and they took him down to Helmet and Warren, remember I was telling you about Helmet and Warren yeah. being the half spot? Mm-hmm. So um, they took him down to Helmet and Warren, and Bobby said they, they like, shot at his head and just grazed it. Yeah. Yeah, they put him in a, put him in a house or whatever, shot at him, just grazed his head, man. And so um, so that was a big deal that went down. And so, so I say all that to say is that when Mike, when I was talking with Mike, and Mike died that night, and he, you know, it told me that, man, I need to get out of here, because if I don't leave, if I don't do something different in my life, there's only two places where I'm going, either hell or jail. There's only two places. There's no other place for for me with what I'm doing right now. So I told my mother, I said, Ma, I said, there's got to be something different for me. I, I, I got to leave here. And she was like, Well, I have a I have a cousin um, named Terry, and. Uh, Cheney in Washington. She said Washington. And I'm thinking like Washington, D.C. or whatever. Yeah. And she was, I was like, Terry. She's like, yeah, remember y'all, they, they lived in the projects and y'all, Sheila and John John and Tracy, their, their kids. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we used to go over there and jump on the beds and stuff and they lived in the projects. Yeah. And so she's like, yeah, she 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 lived there. She's like, I'm going to call her and, and ask her and talk to her. I'm like, okay, cool. I don't care. I'll just go anywhere. It's got to be better than this. Yeah. So, so she called her, and Terry said, "I get off when I get off, I get off um, working graveyard, and when I'm off on these two days, I forgot what two days it was." She was like, "I'll, I'll call him, and so we can. I want to talk to him." And so, sure enough, she called me, and that was the same one person I was talking to just now. Okay, wow, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, the same person I was just talking to right now on the phone. And so she, um, so she talked. She asked me a lot of questions. And I just told her, I said, I want to change. I have to change. I got to get out of here. This is, I just want something different for my life. I, granted, I didn't have a high school diploma. I had dropped out of school, and I didn't tell you that. I just signed myself out because I turned 18. I was just like, man, I'm out. I'm not doing this no more. I'm not even coming. I, I just got tired. I didn't want to do it no more. Mm. So I just I just, I signed out. And, um, and so um, she talked to me, and she said, okay, I'll let you come. She's like, but... Under one circumstances, under one, under one circumstance, I was like, "What's that?" She says, "You got to buy a one-way bus ticket, and you got to make the best of it. You don't buy a round trip and just come and see how it is. You got to make the best of it." And so, 
I did. It was a little bit, it took some time. I'm just like, you know, one way, you know, it's a step. But I was sold, man. I was sold, there was too much stuff that was going on. Too many things that transpired. Um, you know, especially with my cousin being hurt like that and putting him in jeopardy and my brothers when they came in my house, you know, and um, the one dude had a desert eagle. And so, and that's a big gun. Yeah. That's a big gun and everybody. And, we can go into it later about that because there's more to that with the people who came in. <laughs> yeah. And they were big, heavy hitters, man. So I was messing with the wrong folk. So, um, yeah, so I, I took the plunge, um, went to um bus station, bought a ticket, one-way ticket, kissed my mother, and um, headed on. It was a three-and-a-half-day uh, bus ride, the longest trip ever in my life. I seen stuff, man. I was like, and like in the movies, you know, like when there's a phone booth and it's just in the middle of nowhere and it's just a store. It was just like the movies. I was like, I ain't never seen this. So I, so I called my mother at one spot. I said, Mama, I said, I said, there's Buffalo right across the street. I was somewhere. I don't know where the hell I was, North Dakota or somewhere, but it was Buffalo over there. They were big as hell. And I was just like, I was telling her about it. And so I, you know, got back on the bus and, you know, and made it here made it here and and um it was it was really really good man really really good for me it was it was culture shock because i i came from a place where it's predominantly african-american and then now i get dropped off in spokane at that time it was it was like hell i don't even think it was a half percent of uh people of color here i don't care nobody hmm. it's all caucasian folk here and so um and everybody spoke different they spoke proper and so um and i didn't even know how to put a complete sentence together back then and i was i was talking with so much slang and then i would mumble a lot too i still mumble too nowadays and uh but i mumbled worse back then and people couldn't even understand me and so it was really frustrating then the way i dressed too my hair braids i was just way out of i was out of place man I mean, you can tell that I, I didn't grow up in Spokane just based upon how I carried myself. So, um, so yeah, so I slept for like about a day or two. It was just, I was just tired. And so when I got my bearings together, she said, Randy, she said, I don't know how much money you got, but here's some money. And she left some money on the table and she said, I want you to, I want you to get up and I want you to uh, go because they, they live in Cheney. Yeah. And she's like, I want you going to Spokane, and I want you to um, uh, to check catch the bus and try to see Spokane. I'm like, okay. She's like, yeah. If you call or whatever, you can get the bus schedule. But the bus typically runs like every 45 minutes or something like that. She said, and if you go over there by Soundave, you can catch it. It'll come right down, and you'll see the you'll see the bus the bus stop. So I said, okay, cool. So I get it. And so, but, but Spokane, it's pronounced Spokane, but it's Spokane to me. Did I tell y'all that story? Yeah, no, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you saw that? Yeah. yeah in, the, in the podcast. That was funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like, man, what the heck, man? I told the cat, I said, man, I said, I'm trying to go to Spokane. And he was like, well, we're going to Spokane. I said, well, I'm going to Spokane. <laughs> and he was like, I was like, well, y'all go on because I'm going to Spokane. 
Oh, and the dude man. just drove right off, man. <laughs> so I go back and I'm like, yeah. Yeah, he said he was going to Spokane, but I was telling him I'm going to Spokane. She's like, boy, that's the same. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's a great story. Yeah, he said, yeah, boy, that's the same place. Spokane and Spokane. It's, it's, it's pronounced Spokane, but it, it's spelled like Spokane, but it's the same place. And so and I went over there and I was like, you guys going to Spokane? <laughs> He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. So then I got on <laughs> It was crazy stuff. So it was a it was a journey, man. It was it was definitely a journey. Um, I was uh, city slick and street greasy, so I was able. Spokane was slowed in, so I smoked Newport cigarettes and all that stuff. So I went in stores. I just stole whatever I wanted. I had money. I just took it because it was just readily available. It's like you could just do anything. Like mm. Spokane wasn't up on crime. You know, so you can just go in and take stuff. I would go into <laughs> a store. So one time we were into, I think it was Shopco or Target, one of the two. Um, and I went with my cousins and while I was here. And, and this is just maybe maybe about a month after I've been here. And so we're going and um, she was, I was like, yeah, I want to buy a couple pair of pants and stuff like that. And so I go in there and uh, we go to the cash register and she was like, I, I thought you were buying a couple pair of pants. I was like, no, nah, I'm good. And so I turned around and do something, get some gum. And she's like, Randy, she's like, you still got the sticker on those pants. And so, you know, like when you buy stuff off the rack back then, they had these little things that would show you yeah, the size, yeah, yeah, yeah. these little clear stickers. And I was like, oh, shoot. Because I had put on some pants over my other pants that didn't belong to me. Yeah. Took the tags off and everything, threw it on. So, so I was doing stuff like that. That was, and so she sat me down and that same lady right there. Uh, so I've been, I've been, I've been with her. She's been in my life longer in a, like in, within close proximity than my mother has. So I've been, so I would, I would, I'm 50 right now. So I got here when I was 20, I turned 21 in Spokane. And so she's always been in my life for like, like intricate part for 30 years. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm who I am today because of the stuff that she told me. And that lady that I was talking to on the phone, the one that I'm telling you about, they 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 traveled here to Spokane for to to live here because of their cousins that were the ones that I was telling you about. The lady that just pulled the gun on <laughs> sacred save, save heart to come here because that they were family, they were cousins, and so they drove here with a um, hose in their radiator in a raggedy um station wagon and they had jugs of water to keep the radiator cool and keep putting it in wow. here all the way here and neither one of them had a high school diploma they got here they got on welfare they got in school they got their um, geds and they both went to nursing school she became an rn and she was the head of the cardiac uh unit at sacred heart mm. all the way from nothing to something he was an LPN in psychiatric um, war, but he's gone now. And so that lady said something that was super, super profound after she saw me stealing those pants. And I just had that, the, you know, the guts to just steal it and walk out. And she sat me down at, right after that, that day. And she said, listen, right as we got back to the house, she said, Randy, she said, you have like crazy street smarts. She's like, but if you take what you've learned in the streets 
and turn it around and use it in a positive way, there's nothing you can't do. She said that to me, man. And I can tell you today, that has been one of the most um, life-changing uh, things that, that have ever happened to me. There's one of, one of those events because she taught me how to take that whole negative life that I lived, that all the bad stuff that I went through and change it and turn it around for my good. Mm. And, and, and I mean, even the stuff that, that not having a father, using that, using that energy to uh, be a better father. Use, I mean, all these different things. I mean, and, and, and it was just a light, it was just a switch. It's like, it's like, it's like about face, right? And, and, and it was just something, it just clicked. It just clicked. And so after that, um, I met my wife. Um, and I don't, did I tell y'all about, oh, you probably heard in the, in the podcast when she was driving down the street. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Pull over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, hey, pull over. And so my wife said, she said, yeah, I thought y'all were football players because my brothers were here by then. So, yeah, okay. Yeah, and I was working. I was a nursing assistant. I was working. Uh, I was making decent little bit of money. And, um, yeah, and so, you know, like I said there, you know, my wife, you know, she was like, dang, I don't know how I stayed with you. She's like, I should have kept driving, you know. And all that time when you used to pull up, I should have kept driving. And so we've been married now 20, going on 28 years, or we are, it's 28. Yeah, we've wow. been married 28 years now. It'll be 29 coming this May, mm-hmm. next, well, this 2023. Yeah. And so, um, but it's been tough. It's been hard. So, so yeah, so she, so, so yeah, all of that, man, like, and, 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 and so when we talk about taking what you've learned negatively, like all that negative stuff and turn it into positive. And I'm going to let you get to your questions too. I know you got questions and I don't even, I'm just talking, but you can, no, this is and, we, and, I, and I still got time to answer your questions because I made, we're here right now. And now that appointment doesn't even exist. The one that I had to bump for. So I'm just telling you. So, okay. Yeah. So, um, so anywho, I did that. I met my wife. I didn't even have a high school diploma, man. She's a Mexican girl, traveled with the migrant work with her family. She's originally from Mexico. Her birth certificate is in Mexico, but she has dual citizenship because her mother's from Texas. And so they went from Mexico to Texas and then started traveling with the work, you know, like, you know, with, with the fruit, with the crops, wherever it, wherever it took them and living in places with dirt floors and stuff like she would tell me some stories I'm like, Oh man, like I thought I had it bad, but we can connect so because we both came from nothing. Yeah. And so um her her dad was deported like so many times, she said, you know, she was like they would come they would come take him out, they would rush the place and she'd be on his leg, you know, don't go and then a couple of days later he done swam across the thing and he back there again. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so and this this guy, he was an amazing guy, man. He taught me a lot. And I'm, I'm a better man because of knowing him. He's no longer here, but he was one of the best men I've ever met in my life. And so, um, but yeah, so I met my wife and we connect. And, um, but as you heard me tell Terry, you can take the person out of the hood. Sometimes you can't take the hood. You take, take them out of the ghetto, but you can't take the ghetto out of that individual. Yeah. And so, so I had, I had a daughter already and I had a relationship that was crazy. So I meet my wife and my wife is in college. She's at Eastern. 
You know, she's a, she's work. She's going to college, so she's a smart girl. You know, um, then we connect, and then all of a sudden, I started re- resort resorting back to my old ways in a sense, meaning that like there were some cats that I found that were, you know, these guys were they were they were they were from the same organization in which or the same group of individuals I used to hang with um, in Ohio. So um, after Force Crew, we kind of really solidified who we were. And so I got tats and stuff to, to you know, to, to, to identify who I was rolling with. And so, um, so I met some of those cats here. It's crazy. I'm like 3,000 miles away. It's like, yeah, that's a spirit. It's like, you know, there's the same type of spirit in certain places. I'm like, y'all black and y'all doing this. And there was some white cats too that was rolling that way too. And it was like, man, it's crazy. How, you know, I, how did I run into them? But it's just the devil, you know, it puts things in your mind. And then, and there's, there are certain, there are certain spirits in certain regions that will continue to stay there. Uh, so that, you know, it'll, it'll, it's just bad spirits, just bad stuff. So anywho, I ran into some, some of those dudes and then all of a sudden now I'm smoking dope again, man. Yeah. In Spokane, man. All this time away. Now I'm smoking dope again. Um, so I'm married. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm skipping ahead. I'm married. And, uh, you know, she doesn't know that. She doesn't know that I'm, you know, she doesn't know anything about that. She don't even know anything about that life, man. Wow. So <laughs> I'm married. We don't have a child or nothing. We live in the same place. And and, I'm, and she knows I smoke weed. But now I'm smoking weed like from 10 o'clock to like 4 o'clock in the morning. See what I'm saying? She's like, man, you still getting high? I'm like, yeah, I've got, you know, it was just bad, bro. It was just a, it was just a bad thing. And so, anywho, so I, I exposed her to that. Um, you know, we, you know, we, we got married and I worked jobs. I worked um, in the hospital. I worked for the school district and all those jobs I got without even having a high school diploma. I just talked myself into those jobs. And so um, a lot of people say that, you know, you can't do, you know, people say, I can't do this. You can do anything you put your mind to. You can, you can do anything you put your mind to. I just talked to them. I talked to them like I had a, like I had a, a high school diploma. Oh yeah. And they were like, oh yeah, we believe them. We're not even going to check. They never did check. So, uh, yeah, the time when I did have to get a diploma is when I got that security job. And mm-hmm. they said that you have to be applicable for the police department, the reserve police officer. Yeah. So I didn't say it on the podcast because I, I, don't, I don't think I said it because a lot of pe- police officers and stuff. But you can, you can do whatever you want. I'm good with it now. I don't, I don't have anything to hide. But I was in the police academy. I was working in the Reserve Police Academy and get my GED at the same time because I told everybody I had it and everybody was cool with that. Yeah, all at the same time. And I, and I think you heard about my license. My license was revoked and the chief helped yeah. me get my license back. <laughs> and I'm telling you, man, that was a time like, if I ever thought I can do anything working, getting my uh, GED and going to the Reserve Police Academy at the same time, I was busy. I was busy like seven days a week. So um, I don't, uh, again, like I said, you can do anything you put your mind to. And so um, my wife, she, we separated a couple of times. 
but she was always there, man, always there. She was only, she was so consistent. I mean, she's the cons- most consistent thing in my life other than God. God was the first consistent thing. He always took care of me because he knew I have, I, I have a, I had a good heart and I have a good heart. I just, um, there were just some things I struggled with, you know, um, based upon my environment that I came out of, mm-hmm. uh, being city slick and street greasy. I always reverted back to that at some point, trying, trying to, trying to navigate waters trying to get ahead when it's so easy for other folks but it's not easy for me because of where I come from yeah and I, and I just couldn't navigate those ways so I try I had to leverage what I had uh, to move forward and so I did and um, you know moving forward man like I became a pastor um, I pastor for 11 years um, built a ministry from the ground up um, you know worked as a police officer ran my own security company um and right now of course i'll be launching in may my my barbecue sauce business i like to call it okay you know so that's that's going to be in may this is going to be i just bought some advertisement for some shirts for this basketball team to put my logo on there and i just sent that out today i just did start building the good and the buzz in a little way like that um again like i said you know i resorted to dough and um my last time that i that i that i did that it was like right before I was in the academy. And um, I was like, and it was like like a one-day thing. I was like, oh, man, this is stupid. I'm like, man, I've come this far. Really, really, Rand? I'm looking at myself, you really want to go down this road? So, so I, I, of course, I got away, I got away from that. And, uh, uh, but then I had two boys right in, you know, right in my face. And I had already had a couple of kids with my previous relationship that we, I, I didn't even get into that. I, I touched on it a little bit because I had my daughter and I had uh, my son, Randy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and now um, I'm raising my kids. Um, I'm pastoring. And my wife says, I want to leave. I want to go to Texas. We're in Washington. We're in Moses Lake, Washington. Yeah. She was like, we've done everything that you've ever wanted to do, and which we have, I've, and I support you, but I want to be next to my mother. My, my father just passed away, and my mother is not doing well, and I'm glad we went too because we saved our mom's life. God did, using us. Um, and her mom was sick, and they didn't know what was going on. I was like, let's do it. So I dropped everything. Within like three months, I told the church, hey, I'm bouncing. Got some stuff in place, put everything, gave them to the elders and told everybody, hey, this is, you guys do, got everything in line and I was gone and we traveled over to Texas and got to Texas and became homeless. Wow. Yep. Yep. Tough, tough times, tough times. So going from having everything and going there, the apartment wasn't what they said it was going to be. We didn't have money, um, and we were staying in hotels. We didn't know. We didn't know where to stay. We were staying in the most expensive hotels downtown and stuff, and money ran out. I think we had enough money to get to um, get some gas to get to her mom's in the valley, which was three hours away. And it was like, we don't have anywhere to live. And after mom, her mom came and let us live there with her, stay there with her. But in you know, but that was that. I mean, I didn't want to stay in the valley. I needed to get back to to San Antonio, um, and so, and that's right by the border. Um, 
near Mexico. And so um, it was tough, man. It was like, dude, I, it was it was bad. It was really, really bad because we're living with her and my my sons are sleeping on the, on the couch. And then, you know, I get up in the middle of the night and there's roaches everywhere. You know what I mean? Like all over the counter and stuff. <sighs> I'm just like, my goodness. And so um, I'm crying, man. I'm like, I'm like, I told the Lord, I said, I'm nothing, man. I said, I'm nothing. I mean, it was bad, super, super bad. And so um, then I had this vehicle. So we had two vehicles. And then I had one vehicle that was being stored and still and no way to pay for it. But they said, hey, we'll, if you, when you travel from, um, you know, from out of state and you go over like several thousand miles or a thousand miles, something like that, they'll store it for free for 30 days. And so they did that for us. Um, and so we got on welfare. Um, I, it was just a bad, it was a bad, bad time. And so um, we end up going to spoke, going to San Antonio, and we lucked out, man. It was just God pointed us to this place, um, apartment finders. Like we were at, the, we were at the library trying to figure this stuff out and use their computers. And this, we called this one um, number, and they were like, "Well, there's a, there are apartment finders too." It was like, for real? And this lady gave me a number. She said, call this guy, this old guy. Called him. Um, he found us an apartment in you know, a low-income area, but it was an apartment. And um, and they even gave us a $50 gift card because I didn't know that they get kickbacks for if they bring people you know, to sign leases mm-hmm. and stuff. And so we ended up getting a place. We didn't have any furniture or anything like that. All we had was um, a table. And um, so... You know, we were there, we're trying to find work and all these other things. And you can't in Texas, you can't work in Texas until you become like a citizen of Texas. Because Texas is like its own country. So you got to give up your driver's license. You know, it's none of that stuff, 60 days wait or 30 days, none of that. You know, you got to change over your cars. You got to just be, you got to become a Texan if you want to work in Texas. They don't play. Wow. They don't play. And so all of that stuff, was it was new to me. Um, it changed. Um uh, we, I'm, I'm trying, I finally got a job working security and, um, make a long story short, man. Um, we, we got, I got all my cars repoed. Um, I was down to, we were down to like a, a pack of chicken, uh, in the freezer. It was, you know, and we, we had food stamps and stuff, but we just couldn't, we had to make it to the next month, but it just wasn't enough. And so, um, and then some of the people in the church said, called and was like, hey, pastor, just want to let you know, we just uh, sent you $300. And it was like crazy. Like God, God was just doing so many different things, man. And, and, and on top of that, um, he was just revealing, he was just, I thought I knew God because I was pastor and I knew the word. I thought I knew him and all about him, but I didn't. I didn't really meet God for who he is until everything was stripped away from me. And then I was able to see his love towards me. And there's the first part of the interview with Officer Moore. The second one is going to be incredible. It'll be coming out next week, next Tuesday. Thank you guys so much for all the support. Rate, review, DM me, tell me what's good, text me, tell me what you guys like, what you guys want to see more of. I really, really appreciate all of you that continue to listen. And I hope that I'm giving you 
incredible value out of this stuff. Thank you guys so much. Again, make it happen out.